Welcome to Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Welcome back, everybody. I am so happy that you're here. If you are being rocked by this lunar eclipse, you are not alone. I'm so happy to release this episode. I had an amazing conversation with Claire from The Word Witch, and it was awesome. I love talking to them about their process with creativity. They're creating this amazing tarot deck, the way that they co-create with spirit, um, And it just feels very appropriate with this series of eclipses that's going on right now. It feels a little bit like we're going through a transition and we're entering this new, um, this new doorway that we're able to evolve and transform and it's kind of all being spurred by this um, this death cycle that's allowing this new, um, this new life to take form. So this feels really good to release this as a beautiful perspective on creating out of nothing, um, or an evolution of something. So I'm gonna just get right into it. I know you guys are gonna love it, and I'm sending you a lot of love. Okay, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody? Okay, um, I'm Claire Burgess. Um, I use the pronouns they, them. I am a tarot reader, a tarot teacher, a writer, a podcaster, and an illustrator. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's that's um, all of those things. Um, I have a podcast called The Word Witch, uh, in which I talk mostly about tarot. Um, I am making a tarot deck called Fifth Spirit Tarot. Um, that's in progress right now, and. Gosh, I'm probably forgetting some things, but I think that that, that is, um, does a lot of the stuff. <laughs> I absolutely love your podcast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm obsessed. It's so good. I feel like you're such a great teacher in just the way that you explain things. And I feel like you bring such a different insight to like things that I just absolutely never thought of or made connections of. Um, so, so <laughs> yeah, I'm so grateful for it. I feel like you can totally tell that you know what you're doing, which is always refreshing. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so I want to hear about the tarot deck. So what's it been like? How long have you been working on it? Have you always made art? Have you ever made a deck before? Uh, I have. I have never made a deck before. Um, before this started to happen, I didn't even, um, I didn't consider myself an artist or an illustrator. Um, I knew that I could like, uh, kind of draw sort of, but I just, you know, I didn't, I'd never like 
tried, <laughs> tried very hard. But um, no, the I've always wanted to make a deck. I think that probably a lot of us who are tarot readers um, for ourselves or for others probably have a, a secret sort of what if I made a deck sort of wish. Uh, but I didn't think that it was, I didn't think it was possible because um, I didn't think I had like the artistic ability, you know. Um, and what happened, the sort of like Genesis story of this deck is that I was not intending to start a deck at all. Um, and then on the day of the, um, new moon in Aquarius, um, yeah, which was at the beginning of February, um, a few months ago, 2019, um, I did this like ritual to, connect with my guides and I had felt like something was wanting to come through for a while but didn't know what it was and I just like connected and asked and said like I'm ready I want to talk like let's do this thing and that evening I picked up my iPad my third generation iPad that I've had for years and then I literally haven't touched in like I don't know how, like months, mostly it's my partner who uses it <laughs> uh, for like Netflix and things. And I picked up my iPad and I opened a drawing app um, that I downloaded on it years ago. Um, and just started like drawing with my finger. Like I was just like screwing around. Like I didn't have any intention behind it. Um, and then like I drew a couple pictures and then on the third one, I like finished drawing this thing and I looked at it and I realized, holy shit, like that's, that's an ace of cups. Oh, that's like, pretty good. <laughs> like, I just, I just drew an ace of cups. What? <laughs> and then I, I kind of like, um, like closed the iPad and ate dinner and, you know, just sort of sat with it and was sort of stewing on it for a few days, just being like, is what just happened? Like, is that the, is that the thing? And then it just like, I, I kept, they just, oh, and then it was, I think two nights later, I couldn't sleep. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night and had all of these like symbols and images sort of in my head um, in the way that I often do uh, when I'm writing things. I'm a, I'm a short story writer and a creative writer as well. Although that part is sort of on hold right now. Um, but I just like had all these things in my head and I couldn't go back to sleep. And so I got up at like probably like four in the morning and made some coffee and sat down and just like wrote all of these symbols out in a journal. Um, and then realized like, as I was doing that, I was like, and here it is like, here's like, it is a deck <laughs> <laughs> and here's like, you know, everything I need for the minor, minor arcana. And it was just, I don't know, it was mind blowing. And then for the next several weeks, I created like, um, I think I created seven of the cups cards in the first week. <laughs> and then um, the pace from then slowed down some more, but they just like, I don't know, it just keeps happening. It just keeps coming and it amazes me. So I'm, um, I am not quite halfway through with all the cards now, um, but the, the pace is good and I'm hoping to have the deck out in 2020, so next year. 
I'm hoping is where it, when it will be able available for purchase or for Kickstarter at least. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so do you feel like it's a similar process to your writing process in comparison? That's a really good question. I think that it is, I think there's some similarities certainly, but it's also entirely different <laughs> because um, I've, I've always been a very sort of symbolic thinker um like you know I've just always I don't know I've always thought in images and symbols and things like that um that's how I make the moon spreads that I make and I the tarot spreads I post on Instagram too but with writing I love writing but sometimes it's painful (laughs) For me um, to get all of the words out in the exact right order and to make my meaning clear um, because I have Mercury and Pisces. <laughs> which, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> which I personally think is a, is a great placement for Mercury, uh, even though traditionally it's not supposed to be. Um, I think it lends itself to communicating the sort of unlanguageable things but with that also come struggles of like making them sort of precise and clear for others to other understand um but so with writing sometimes it's like it's painful and with with drawing these images it's just been like nothing but I don't know it's, it's been the most pure sort of channeling experience that I've ever had um it just like happens and then it's like oh this is here and oh there's another thing and I didn't know how I was going to do the court cards and then that just like I don't know it just arrived one day you know just like the thought was in my head and I was like oh thank you (laughs) are you a dreamer too do you like dream in symbols I probably do but I rarely remember my dreams Mm -hmm. when I remember them they're like very long and involved and totally trippy um, and I have actually, and kind of at the same time, um, just before I got the deck or the deck started coming, I started trying to keep a dream journal. Um, and I have like woken up and written some of my dreams down in there and they've just been like, I don't know, they could be absurdist short stories or something. Like they all have like a plot. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I and like an adventure that. in them and it's yeah yeah but I, I don't a lot of times I don't remember my dreams when I wake up so it's yeah. interesting whenever I draw I feel like I enter the same world where yeah. like a lot of things will start coming back from my dreams and I'm like this is the same like subliminal space somehow where it's like things are just like easily able to come in Um, I totally relate to that, like, where art is just channeling. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. so cool because it's not, it's not in words. So it's, like, almost a little bit looser. Yeah. And, like, I feel like whenever I draw, I never know what I'm going to draw. Like, I might have, like, a general idea, 
But then it's so cool to just like allow whatever to come through that wants to come through. And then it's like a delightful surprise. It's like the ultimate like co-creation. That idea that like in like the, is it the trough deck or it's like art is temperance. And I feel like I've really come to experience that or it's like you're co-creating and it's like you're using this medium that's always been there too and it's kind of like you're putting your reflection on it like this real idea where it's like this it like it doesn't surprise me that you started with water too like the cups because it's like this mirror of like possibilities that's able to like take form and like slowly take shape yes Yes, exactly, exactly. I I vibe with all of that. And what you said about co-creation, especially, I was actually, I just, um, I made the first major Arcana card last week um, for, uh, it came out of like a project for Jordan. Yes, I saw that. I loved it. Yeah. And somebody, um, and that was certainly co-creation because of how it started, because it, it started as, me drawing this image for Jordan um, and then also turned into my first major arcana card. But when, um, after I posted it on Instagram, uh, I can't remember the person's name, but um, someone reached out saying that they had wanted to, um, they'd really wanted to draw an image and they had really wanted to draw an emperor or to have an emperor come of this project project so that they were really excited to, to see um, what I'd drawn. And I responded to them. Um, something that I really think I really feel is true is that I feel like that, that emperor image and also this like whole deck is kind of like a water balloon. So, Ooh, so I love that. <laughs> but it's like all of this stuff that is, is coming through and I think probably on a larger scale whenever we create art it's it's things that are already in the collective unconscious right and so that's like the water in this water balloon and then somebody squeezes it (laughs) in order to like you know just like gives it a little a little bit of a squish um which was in this case Jordan asking for these images and then the water in the collective unconscious just like sort of squirts out the like path of least resistance yes i love that it just finds a place to come out to come forth and so like i yeah it's like it's a product when we create art it's a product of us you know that we make but and it comes through us and it has our um um I can't remember how you put it, but it has like our reflection on it, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I think that it it comes through from somewhere else. <laughs> I love that idea of it being like not only with like you're co-creating with like whatever your form of divinity is, but like all of like everybody because it's like reflected in everybody. Everybody's a part of it. That's why I always laugh when people are like, I'm not an artist. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, everybody is an artist. (laughs) That's not true. You just have this block that, like, you're not. I love that analogy of, like, the 
the path of least resistance. Because yeah. when you open yourself to it, it's like all these amazing things can come in. Mm-hmm. And I love that, like, that was your first major arcana card and also that the project started on the aquarius new moon that it kind of gives it this like aquarius feel of like the other and including everybody and it's yeah it's like (laughs) bigger than yourself it's so cool yeah. And I am also an Aquarius sun. So. Oh, there you go. Okay, so what's your moon special. and your rising, too? I'm a, I'm a Gemini moon and Scorpio rising. Ooh, I'm a Scorpio rising, too. Oh, very nice. <laughs> I love that. Very cool. Yeah, um, ooh, that feels cool because, so do you, you have Taurus in your seventh house? I do, which is um, also where my, well, I have my north node in Taurus, but that's actually in my sixth house. Um, but yeah, Taurus is my seventh house. Mm-hmm. So like Uranus has been hitting my Taurus there. Yes, me too. Yes. <laughs> it has been it has been just like on top of my uh, North Node in Taurus. Uh, so right now for me, it's actually in my fifth house. Um, I'm not fifth house in my sixth house still, but. Uh, it feels like that deck though because it feels like something you're bringing to life for the relate like that involves other people in this cool way like relationships it feels like more than just a deck ah thank you (laughs) which is so cool i love that it feels like it has its own energy yeah yeah i thank you i've i've i feel like it I don't know. I feel like it's chosen me or something, you know, like it's just, it's coming through me, but it's not really mine, but it is mine. It's not mine. I don't know. Yeah. You're the channel <laughs> of it. It's so I cool. Yeah. I think that's probably a similar feeling that a lot of, um, uh, people who like artists or creators or writers, I think that's probably a feeling that a lot of people have when they're in creation. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. So has there been any, like, other synchronicities with it mm-hmm. that you can think of? Yeah, there certainly have. Um, <laughs> and some of them, some of them I'm not quite ready to, to, to talk about sure. yet. Because something has, there's big things that have been happening with um, the, these eclipses right now in good ways. But, um, yeah, well, one of the cool things that happened was that um, for a while... I was getting um, each new suit during the like elemental sign that they belong in. So the cups started coming in Aquarius season, but um, uh, I finished them in Pisces, and then in um, God damn it, what comes after Pisces? Uh, Aries. Yeah. Oh, actually, so in Aries season, I started no Gemini. Yes. God damn it, I can't remember. Um, I started swords next, and maybe I did start the swords in Aries season, but the swords also started at the same time that um, I started going back to therapy. Mm, Yeah, that's very appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, it really, really was because, you know, swords being the suit of the mind, etc. Also, I have a special sort of relationship with some of the swords and with the ace of swords in particular, having to do with clarity and having to do um, other of this in the suit of swords having to do with um, 
anxiety and trauma and was like officially, I was like a quote officially diagnosed as having PTSD, you know, like this very, these very necessary, but very like difficult things were happening as I was illustrating the sword suit, which, um, I didn't realize until I was almost done with the sword suit. And I was like, oh, this is perfect that this is what I was doing. Like as I, you know, start going to therapy again for like anxiety and healing and things like that. Um, It was really remarkable. So like cups were coming at the beginning with the waters, with the intuition, with all of this sort of art, you know, creation coming forth. Swords were... Um, when I was going back to therapy for mind stuff and then pinnacles, uh, the first pinnacle actually came on Easter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, which like I, and the whole sort of concept behind the deck is spirit made flesh. Um, Mm. and there's some, I have some associations with, Easter, I was raised in the Christian church, and it's a, um, I mean, it's when, of course, Christ was risen from the dead, but there's just some really powerful things in there that I need to dig into more before I can put them into words, Pisces, Mercury. <laughs> but well, also, you have what, cancer in Scorpio, then, or Scorpio's in... Or no, cancer in in the eighth house, right? I've got cancer is my um, ninth house and uh, Scorpio is my, um, well, Scorpio is my ascendant. Scorpio is my first house. We know that. Um, Yeah, no, cancer is the ninth for me. The eighth is Gemini where my moon is. (laughs) Oh, I like that. There seems, there's probably a lot there to uncover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so... There was something else that happened on Easter, too, but I can't remember right now. I need to write all of this down so that I can remember it later. (laughs) (laughs) So you also just got married, right? Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. so exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just about, um, actually, exactly a month ago. Wow, congrats. (laughs) Thank you. What was that process like? Oh, it was great. Well, so, uh, I mean... Planning a wedding is always very stressful, of course, Um, but Mm -hmm. Aaron and I were engaged for um, like a year and a half before we actually, before the actual wedding date. Um, So we took it pretty slow and we did it our own way and it was really small, just a very sort of intimate gathering of fewer than 20 people. Um, And like, yeah, the, the... I was more moved by our like ceremony and the little the things that we said and the little rituals that we put into it. I was more moved by that than I ever I thought that I would be, because um, I'm, you know, usually a big cynic about <laughs> about about love things, and I was just like bawling like a baby in Aww. the best way. And there was just so much, there was so much magic surrounding that day. Um, I just, yeah, I, I can't even. I love I'm, love. I'm so gushy about it. I'm so gushy. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, yeah, and uh, there was a, uh, there was a, I just felt like there were my um, sort of ancestors with me around me on that day too. I had asked them to be, and then my mom gave me um, a handkerchief that my great grandmother had like hand tatted this uh, border around. And the border was rainbow colored. Um, of course, this this thing is like so old. My my great grandfather, great grandmother left this this life a while ago, but um, my great grandmother had given it to my great aunt Verna, and then my great aunt Verna, who passed this past like this year, um, not too long ago, gave it to my mom before she died, and told her to give it to me. And, like, it just felt like, I don't know, it felt like this beautiful, like, we're all, like, we're with you, and we support you, and that's the, that's the handkerchief that I put in my bra to pull out when I was sobbing. (laughs) So I had it in my hand for a lot of the ceremony, because I was crying for most of the ceremony. (laughs) This seems like a very big year for you. It's been a huge year. It's been a huge several years Um, what's uh what's your card of the year death oh let's talk about that i'm in my death month of my little (laughs) wheel of the year here uh yeah it's it's uh it's my death year but i love the death card yeah talk Um, about that yeah yeah um i mean as so you and i are both scorpio risings Mm -hmm. and so death is already a card i think that we are uh, probably intimately acquainted with, or maybe uh, at least for me, speaking for myself, I'm more at ease with that card than a lot of people maybe are because of <laughs> being so very Scorpio um, and also having Pluto sitting on my ascendant at zero degrees in Scorpio. Um, but yeah, like the death card is, it can feel like rough while it's happening for sure it can Mm -hmm. be contractive there can be like a grieving process that comes with it but ultimately like the experience of the death card is I think freeing um I think that it's it's liberating to release what needs to what's what's what it's time to leave like what it's time to go away to pass away um and to just like open to that shedding and rebirthing and it's like it's it it can be intense right (laughs) but um like that's what if we didn't have that experience of the death card then nothing there there would be no change everything would be stasis there would be no cycle. There would be no um, composting and rebirthing. And it's just, it's a very beautiful card in my relationship with it, I think. <laughs> it's cool that you got married while the sun was in your eighth house and it mm-hmm. was your death year. That's so, and it seems like such like a beautifully, emotionally intense, but wonderful experience. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a very intense person. Me too. (laughs) And and Aaron is also a very intense person. 
Um, and like, it just makes it, it makes absolute sense to me that I got married in my death year because the process of, um, through the process of like knowing Aaron and loving Aaron, I have had to go through so much shedding and so much releasing. Um, I like, yeah, yeah. When I, when I met Aaron, I was in a very, very different place. I was living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a town that I actually really like a lot. Um, but I was living a totally different life. Like I was so just sort of shut down and closed off. I had been ignoring of my queerness for years and years and years. And I was like finally starting to come into that um, when I met Aaron and like, oh, I was, I was in a, another relationship when I met Aaron and I, yeah, I, I can't even enumerate the things. It's like that, shedding what you're not. Yes. In order to, like, step into who you really are. Yes. Yes. Precisely. Precisely. Um, And, like, all that shedding, like, it was, I had to make a really big life change because, like, in leaving the relationship that I was in before, and to be clear, Aaron and I were friends at first, and we didn't, you know, get together until after I had left that relationship, but through knowing him, it like, I went to, we went to a Renaissance fair together. Oh, love the Renaissance fair. Example. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We went to a Renaissance fair together um, because we were the only other person that each of us knew that was like jazz about going to a Renaissance fair. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, That's not true. I had some other friends that would have been really stoked to go, but they couldn't go for some reason. But, uh, I was, I just had such a fun time with him that day that I was, I remember thinking like at the end of that day that I was like, wow, like I have not, this is what it's like to actually have fun with another person and to not feel judged by the person that you're with and to not feel like you have to like make yourself be like less excited or less dorky or less curious, you know, less just like joyfully, you know, like elated by the, I don't know, guy reciting love poetry, wearing pantaloons, like, I don't know, wearing tights. Um, it was, it, it made me reflect on these relationship that I currently had and be like, wow, when was the last time that I had fun here? Like, when was the last time I felt like I could really be myself? Um, who, who is myself? You know, like how much has that been like lost or muted as I've like just tried to shape myself into this um, relationship that doesn't fit, you know, Um, and like leaving that required a lot of stuff. Like I had to sell my car, sold a house. Mm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, eventually, um, I'll just, I'll just say it. I I was married. So there was also a divorce in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and eventually like quit my job and it was like, I mean, you would have thought that that would have been my death year. Yeah. I was just thinking that. Oh no, no, no. (laughs) 
That was what year was that? That, that was, was the it's, sun. It's, it started <laughs> my Wheel of Fortune year, um, and then a, a whole lot of it happened in my Justice year. Uh huh. Justice year was one of the hardest years I ever went through. Like mm-hmm. that was me moving across the country, going through a lot of very hard shit. And I you don't also think moved that, the yeah, yeah. Well, like, what is with that? Why? I think so. Here's here's my thinking on it, um, and my thinking with justice is that when you're in justice, that's when you take stock of of your life and where you are right now. Mm-hmm. We kind of can do that in Wheel of Fortune as well, but justice is where you really like perceive that with clarity, mm-hmm. um, and then sort of weigh on the scales and just the scales you weigh like your past and like what you've been doing and where it's brought you right now with what you wanted you know and you go is this is this thing that I have in my one hand is this what I actually really wanted if it is what I wanted is that thing still something that I want because things can change you know Mm -hmm. you can want something really really badly and then get it and then have it for a while and then be like, well, this isn't, you know, I, I've changed. This isn't what I want anymore. You know? It makes me think of like how it's ruled by Libra also and how we see our, how we're able to see ourselves through relationships and how we're then able to discover who we really are. Like almost like looking in like the sword they're holding like as a mirror, like yeah. and saying like, is this... And also, it makes me think of, like, when you were, like, and then I met Aaron, and I was able to, like, really be myself. And, okay. like, I totally feel that way when I met my husband. Like, I could stop. I had the courage to really, it because it takes courage to look at yourself, I think. Okay. And it takes okay. courage to really express who you really are. And I think it's, like, because it doesn't happen automatically, But I think, like, just being able to, like, go on that journey with somebody and really, like, being vulnerable and, like, it's such a hard process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you feel that, I think that's why it's, like, the truth really goes along with that card because once it cuts through and you see that's the truth, it's like you can't turn away from it then, even though it's going to like completely change your life. Right, right. And that, I mean, that, what you just said, I think has flavors of the tower in it too, that truth that like once you see it, you can't unsee it. Um, But, but justice is where like, I completely agree you sort of perceive the the uh-huh. truth of, of your situation and then you have to do that re like the rebalancing yeah. to bring everything back into alignment and like on the one hand justice has the scales where we do this sort of measuring and weighing and balancing and then the other is the sword which is truth and perception and insight but it's also action mm-hmm. um, and so justice asks us not only to like perceive but then also to act you know, to yep. go, okay, and slice, and slice, and yeah. now I'm moving un- across the country. To be and- so uncomfortable. Well, Libra is also uh, my 12th house, so, you know, of course that was going to be an intense year for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Very emotional. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. 
but um yeah and i i told a i tell a story sometimes about how when aaron and i met i did or aaron and i started getting together like romantically um i pulled a card for the nature of our relationship and it was the devil yes (laughs) (laughs) it's like you got something good here are you gonna make yourself feel bad about it (laughs) yeah i mean we're we're intense both of us are very intense but um i you know that freaked me out at first because i was like what the fuck i'm like i feel like i'm leaving something that's oppressive and now i'm getting this card that can be about oppression and uh, for the nature of this new relationship that I feel so good in. And then I realized, no, like, no, honey, it's about the chains. It's about liberating yourself. It's about an experience of um, finally, like, understanding or perceiving, like, all of the things that are tying you down, all the things that are holding you back or imprisoning you. And that can be so messy. Liberating. Oh, like, yeah. freedom is so messy. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, we had to, like, aside from, you know, all of the getting a divorce things there and the selling the house and the selling a car and all of that, aside from both of us quitting our jobs and moving across country, aside from me recognizing finally my true queerness um, and sort of understanding that I was not binary, we also had to come out to my parents um, Aaron, for your listeners who aren't intimately familiar with <laughs> Aaron and I and, and my podcast and my work, um, Aaron's a trans man, uh, transgender man. And um, we had, we told my parents about it. You know, I had this like area of my life that I was hiding from them because like, I mean, they knew Aaron and they loved Aaron, but they didn't know that. And so like whenever, if ever conversations about childbirth came up or like I couldn't, like I almost like accidentally um, would say things to my mom that without the, the correct context would have been very confusing for her, you know? Mm-hmm. And so in the interest of having all that out in the open, we had to come out to my parents who live in Birmingham, Alabama, you know, um, and that was also really scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it wasn't super scary. Cause I, I knew that they would at the end of the day, like they would still love me they would still approve of my love and there would be no issues there, but it was terrifying for Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really rough for Aaron. Um, but it all, it all turned out like just the number of the number of things that had to sort of come off <laughs> in order for us to to be together maybe it makes sense we got married in a death year <laughs> yeah it's finally able to be like a rebirthed yeah that's yeah. so cool yeah do you <laughs> do you feel like the same amount of do you feel like any you shed anything for this deck also because oh. this has been the same year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's actually that's one of the things that uh i'm not quite ready to talk about yet yeah, sure. but no pressure but, but, <laughs> yes yes there's some there's some 
Yeah. There's some things that, like, I've been wondering all year long, what is, like, what am I going to have to let go of this year? Like, what am I being called to release this year? And I did, of course, start going back to therapy in my death year. And I was like, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, we're, we're getting down into the underworld. Like, we're sorting the things out. And I thought, like, oh, yeah, that's fun. Like, I can just release anxiety and trauma this year. That's fun. I would love to release those things. And then it was like, no, that's not it. That's not, that's not all you're really saying this year, honey. No. Uh, but but uh, I'm I'm not I'm not at liberty to to say what all what's happening. But it's all good. It's all good. No problem. So what else can I ask you? What's your favorite card that you've made so far? Mm, oh man, that's a hard question. Um. I have loved, I mean, I love the emperor that I just made, um, and that, that card holds a special place in my heart, too, because of the circumstances of its creation, um, and because um, that was my card for what I'm learning this year, Ooh. my year ahead spread, of course, um, and I have some other synchronicities with the emperor as well. But I think, um, I think I've loved all the pentacles that I've made so much, which is weird for me because um, the pentacles isn't always my favorite suit. I can't choose one. I'm looking, <laughs> I printed out Ooh. the ones, I, the cards I've printed at like Kinko's and like cut with my paper cutter. Um, I can't choose. Oh. I love um, that when you, like, actually have something, like, in progress in your hands and you're, mm-hmm. like, molding it with your hands and it's, mm-hmm. like, this palpable feeling and just being able to, like, tangibly hold on to it feels so yes. good. Yes. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll say Three of Swords right now because it's just, like, it's, I don't know, it's the simplicity Ooh. of that, of the design is the, something that I really like. The needles. sewing what is so why did you pick those like why did you pick the imagery explain to everybody (laughs) (laughs) well the three of swords you know traditionally it's the big classic red heart with the three swords stabbed in it um Mm -hmm. and it's like gray and raining in the background and it's evocative of like heartbreak and you know things like that um but my my relationship with the three of swords is i think that it um it can certainly come after heartbreak. Um, it doesn't signal heartbreak, I don't think. It instead shows up after it or whenever you're holding, you know, some sort of experience of emotional pain um, in yourself. It shows up to tell you to heal it. And specifically um, in the Three of Swords, swords, of course, are the mind, uh, the mental realm. Um, also communication and, and things like that. But when we see this, like this image of a three swords stabbing a heart, like heart is that's associated with emotions, right? Like that's the like most cupsy water card sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's raining in the background and most um, mm. three of swords images 
which is water. Which I is never again, put cups. that together. Yeah. So like, why is there so many? Why are why are all of these cups things like these feels showing up in the sword suit? Oh my I'm god, they're why. so interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, and it's because a lot of times I think when we've sustained emotional pain, we just we have a tendency to make it worse and to exacerbate it by constantly going over and over and over it in our heads, mm-hmm. overanalyzing it, dwelling on it, scolding ourselves for what we should have done differently, you know, just all of those mental things that we do to ourselves that end up um, just hurting or like exacerbating the hurt that we sustained emotionally. And so three of swords, I think says like calls our attention to the ways that our minds might be, uh, getting stabby with our hearts (laughs) and invites us to pull those swords out and to allow ourselves to heal. Um, and so on my image, of course, I have the heart, um, in the middle, with three wounds in it, um, but the swords instead of swords here are, are needles, like sewing needles, and they have thread. And one of them is is already um, in the act of stitching up one of the wounds because, like, our thoughts don't have to be harmful. Our thoughts don't have to hurt us. The minds can actually be a really wonderful tool to help us heal as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have to be conscious of it and conscious of like working with it towards that direction. So yeah, I chose a, an image that I, I hope like, you know, shows, shows the hurt of it and also shows the hurt of healing, you know? Yes. Like <laughs> that is, that is some Scorpio shit. The hurt of healing. It is. <laughs> yes. It is. I love oh. that it feels like a verb, like to heal, like to stitch yourself back up. It's like asking you to take action because yeah. I think so many times, yeah. like even like going to therapy is taking action over yeah. these really difficult emotions and traumas and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like if we can get it, like suck the venom out, then we're able to heal. That's so yeah. beautiful. Yes. Yes. Well, and you know, maybe like what you just said, um, really clicked with me too, because swords, of course, are one of the like active suits, swords and wands, mm-hmm. uh, the active or projective suits, while while cups and pentacles are the sort of reflective, receptive suits. And so a card of the swords it would be like, take action, mm-hmm. do this thing actively, um, rather than, you know, sit back passively and yeah. well, you know <laughs> so yeah uh-huh. so do you feel like did you do like different sharp objects for all of the I swords I oh did, i yeah. love that so there's yeah. something like different for each one. Oh yeah well i've got um i mean some and some of them like i've got blades a few times i do have like traditional swords and at least one of the cards and two two of the cards um i've got needles i've got pins like um little thumbtacks uh, like sewing pin like oh, a cool. sewing. safety pins mm, no but that would have been a really good idea <laughs> um i haven't finished the court cards yet so maybe i'll use safety pins in there <laughs> but i have scissors 
um, Ooh, for I the Eight that. of Swords because uh, that card makes me think of cord cutting. Ah, uh, um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, nails in the Oh, sixth I love sword. this one. Will you talk about that post you wrote about this? Uh, sure. Gosh, what did I write about it? Um, I think I wrote about... Okay, yeah, because I was writing, I was writing about that one in conjunction with Gemini season, I think, um, and I was writing about, um, like again, oh, this is another one that has water in it, dude. Right? I feel like there's, I'm like, all of these ideas are flooding me with like emotions <laughs> and thoughts and how they're so interchangeable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Six of Swords is about the liminal space. It's about transition. Transition. Um, I loved yes. that you said it was about transition. Yes. Yes. And that's like, um, this card has, it showed up for me a lot, actually, when I was um, sort of stepping into understanding um, myself as non-binary. Um, and so, you know, not transitioning in the like medical sense that some people do, but it was still this like transition in my like understanding of my gender. And so it can mean transitioning that way, but also broadly transition as in a, a, a period of in between, like when you're in the change, but you're not on, you've left one shore, you're not to the other shore yet. Right. Um, and that's why I think six of swords um, is traditionally depicted in a boat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've got in the in Pamela Coleman Smith image, uh, it's three people in a boat, and there's these swords uh, stuck in the boat as well that they're carrying with them. Mm-hmm. And on one side of the boat, there's smooth waters, and on the other side of the boat, there's choppy waters. So there's all of these like images in there about um, moving on from. Uh, something choppy to something smooth moving on to smoother waters to better shores but the image like the energy of that card is still feels very somber it's not like a full leap sort of change right it's it's more of a an intentional um moving forward yeah yeah and they're carrying the swords with them, so they're not leaving them all behind. They're not leaving behind the baggage, right? At this point, like, it's okay if it's still... Sometimes we have to move forward even when we're not healed yet. Um, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just dragging ourselves forward still bleeding. But, you know, like, that's what we gotta do. And we will heal. It's still progress. Yes, it is progress. <laughs> um, yeah, so my in, in the image that I made, I've got the uh, six nails in the rowboat because, uh, like, nails are something um, associated with keeping you down, you know, mm-hmm. with, like, nailing something down, nailing something shut. Um, but here they're, like, we pulled up the nails and we're, we're in, like, a transportation with them, you know? Um and it's sort of that refusal to let them keep you down. Um, there's also the geese above uh, migration, um, the sort of instinctual, correct moving forward, even if you don't know exactly where you're going. 
like geese have never been to where they're going before, at least not on the first trip. Right. But they just have, they just know that they need to go. <laughs> and so they go. And it's, if you ever watch a documentary about like geese migration, um, <laughs> it's like very hard. Like it's a lot of exertion. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but they trust and they keep going and they trust that there's something, you know, they're, they're going towards something that's necessary. Right. Mm-hmm. It like totally makes sense that this is all happening. I feel like in your sixth house, like the mm-hmm. level of detail. And, like, just, like, like, oh, did you see this detail? And then there's, like, this one on top of it. And then I have geese in there. And then. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, that. Oh. You know what? They sometimes, it, sometimes it happens. It happens in that, like, unintentional um, channeled art way. And then afterwards. And I'm you're like, like oh. whoa. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's why that's there. Like. Way to go, yeah. accidental brain or source or whatever's happening. That's so cool. <laughs> so did you do that with the water element too? Did you do like different watery things? Yeah, got different cups in the cups. Um, uh, the coffee cup is a recurrent theme. Ooh, that love I have that. In that. But I've got some bottles. I've got in the five of cups, I've got like um, an empty, like a crushed Coke can uh-huh. Um, you know, various things. Sand pails and trash cans. Oh, that's so fun. I've got um, different, like, bottles and terrariums and Ooh. a fishbowl and the seven of cups. And the, so the boat in a bottle. Yeah, ship in a bottle. Yes. I had, I had so much fun making these. Oh, um, they're so cool. Like vases and crap and the nine. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, I've been having a ball. Um, really, like it's so that I've had more fun making these cards than like anything else I've ever created. So that's yeah. so cool. and it's like a different medium. Like if you were to have told yourself, like kept saying, "I'm not an artist," like this never would have been able to come through. Right, right, and it started by accident, like you know, just picking up my iPad and starting to doodle. And then I was like, oh. Like, oh, <laughs> you know? I love and then this. There, there was like a conscious um, choice, of course, at one point and a refusal to be like, I don't know, to compare my art to the art of others. You know, I think that that's, that's why um, I was like, oh, I'm not an artist. You know, I can't, I can't really like, I could never illustrate a deck. It's probably why most of us think that is because we are thinking that the images that we can create are inferior to the images of others because others have, you know, training or a certain level of skill or whatever, you know, and that's just, that's just not true. That's just not true. You don't have to be like a, a technically trained, uh, artist who studied at the Sorbonne or something in order to to create images that are going to resonate with people you know yes yeah yeah and then I mean yeah and then like as as I've continued to illustrate cards like my skill has 
increased, which has been really cool to see. But like, yeah, yeah. Everybody should draw a deck. Everybody make a deck. I agree. (laughs) We want to see them. (laughs) So what about the pentacles? Um, So I've got six. I'm, I'm in the almost done with the six of pentacles now. So I've done pretty much the first six of them. And so, yeah. And again, like the, the images are different there with pentacles. I've mostly like put the symbol of the pentacle on different things. Like in one, it's sort of like engraved into the handle of a, um, trowel and, um, that's cool. Yeah. And so I've, I've tried to like allow, um, different objects, uh, to come through that I think can still symbolize the thing that we're looking for. Like cups is, it doesn't have to be like goblets. It can be any sort of vessel, you know, or any sort of water related medium. Swords can be anything pointy. Really, it could be anything air related. And I've seen decks that use feathers and stuff, of course, too. Um, pentacles is anything earth related. So wands i haven't started yet but i have ideas for the wands and 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 i hope to do the same thing there with um like matches yes you know like yeah and just playing around with it Ooh, a lighter would be cool too yes yes yes. and and seeing what best like what sort of symbol what sort of object want like will best sort of encapsulate that idea like um I've got like sparklers and like fireworks yes. in mind too, you know. So, yeah, That's it's so it's, fun. It's so fun, yeah. It feels like it's really flowing. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. That's cool. So, ha- so have you just done the emperor with the major arcana? Yeah, yeah. I just did the emperor, and that um, happened. I finished that just on Thursday, Wednesday. I think I think uh, Wednesday, so less than a week ago, um, and I've got I've got other ideas. I've got you know they're they're coming forward. The rest of them are. Ooh, I love that where it's like you're just seeing what it is instead of like trying to make it mold into yes. a certain thing. Yes, yes. Well, and that's, I think that's another reason why this process has been so different than my writing process is because sometimes like when I set out to write, um, like, uh, you know, my, like the uh, workbooks that I give to my tarot students, you know, I'm like trying to fit it into like a certain length and I'm trying to write like, this many words on each card or something and like having those constraints um is is uh, limiting i mean all constraints are limiting and it can be frustrating and it's like when i tell my um writing students to whenever we're doing any sort of creative writing it's so important to just i think sit down and start writing first and turn off the inner critic and just like get out the, the ideas and get out the words and worry about shaping them into something later if i like sit down with like everything predetermined for what i want to draw in a card then it just like it just it gets it's like stale from the beginning um i post process videos on my patreon page um where the app that i um 
uh, use to draw the cards, Procreate. It has a feature where it records every like brush stroke you make. So you can actually see like this video That's of so the card cool. in the process. Yeah. And some of them are really neat because you can see in like my sketching, like all the different things that I was trying out or thought about before I eventually found the right image. Um, the emperors that's especially true for, um, and just allowing that, like I, you know, coming into it with ideas of sort of things I might incorporate, of course, but then like letting, letting the composition happen as it wants to happen. I I feel like I have that down with art and I totally feel all of that and then I've been trying to write more and I feel like writing has always been like such a love for me but it's been like I have such an inner critic about it that like I don't know like I just have this overwhelming perfectionism with like what I should what I like the first thing I write like the first page but like really like I've had so many ideas lately about like letting this thing I'm writing evolve into something else and it like totally makes me think of the same process with art and I think it's like so much easier when you have a little bit more comfortable like you're more comfortable with the medium because I feel like you're you have more trust in it that something will come through eventually and it's just like showing up to it every day yeah um and like not being scared if you make something shitty too like it's fine you can always do it again (laughs) you you are like I mean there's a reason that you and I are talking right now because I am also like perfectionism is such a problem for me with writing. Um, uh, like I, I tell my students, you know, just write it, like write it all down, let the ideas flow. Don't edit it as you go. You know, the point of a first draft is to be shitty. Like Anne Lamont and her book Bird by Bird writes about, like there's an essay in there called shitty first drafts. Or, or yes. called that. Yeah, and it's just about like it's like every every single writer, like your favorite writer, your that has won like the Pulitzer Prize, they don't sit down and know what they are going to write about or exactly how it's going to turn out until it happens. Mm-hmm. They don't sit down and like with like a a plan, or at least most of them don't. Like they turn out a bunch of crap, and then sift through that crap and find like the nuggets like the golden nuggets and then and then they shape and they edit and they revise um they find the like pulse of life in this yeah yeah and then they like you know they they nurture that um now me doing that myself is really really difficult because i i have like i i end up editing as i go to such an extent that it takes me forever to write anything. It takes me so long, um, especially if I'm on a computer, because I think that just lends itself to constant editing. Uh-huh. Um, I Sometimes I write, if I write things down by hand, then that makes it a lot easier to just write and not edit as I go along. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I hear you so loud and clear about perfectionism. 
I also, um, I worked for a while. I wrote um, a, like a weekly column for a literary magazine uh, in which I reviewed a short story or a couple short stories every week with new short stories. Um, and I got so immersed in what everyone else was doing and what was getting published and what was being celebrated and what like this amazing story and that amazing story that I completely lost my own voice and could not write a goddamn thing like in my creative work I couldn't do it because I was just I was thinking too much about what everybody else was making yeah you're not being yourself exactly I feel like it's so hard because I have Pluto in the first house too in Scorpio and like it's just like it feels like I don't know I'm always trying to get it on the first try but like I know I always have to be, like, a work in progress, and I think my art is the same way, and I think, like, having compassion, just, like, it's hard to have compassion for ourselves, I definitely have a hard time, like, allowing myself to change and, like, just going with it and not, like, being so sad that, like, everybody else isn't as intense as me, but, like, <laughs> But, like, when you turn that off and you try and, like, be somebody else or, like, have not allow room for improvement, it's, like, that's when it's shitty. And mm-hmm. it's, like, and it's, like, you don't ever get to the good stuff then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish that I could remember the exact phrase that my therapist told me, like, two days ago. But it was something about self-compassion and critique like um I I have the tendency to like critique myself for not being compassionate enough to myself (laughs) (laughs) like she points out I'm not being self-compassionate enough and then I'm like getting down on myself about not being compassionate (laughs) enough to myself and she's like do you see do you see what you're doing? Do you see the contradiction here? Stitch like, up the heart, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so even like allowing ourselves to um, to be imperfectly compassionate to our imperfections, I think is also necessary. Yeah, know? allowing ourselves to make mistakes and evolve and change and... Mm -hmm. um it's such a part of life and it's such a part of art like you can't have art without the process like it wasn't like you were gonna like just like it's not the revised thing at first you know it's like this long process and I think like being okay with the process Mm -hmm. I I have a hard time with that because I have so much cardinal energy where, like, it's easy for me to start the process, but then it gets really uncomfortable, and I'm like, I can't deal with this anymore. Like, this is too intense. It's too much. Because you start living it. Uh It's like, it becomes more than just the cards. It's like, oh, I'm going to therapy during all of this also. Like, and then it becomes Uh so real. And it (laughs) takes on this, like, three-dimensional thing, which is why it's so cool, again, that it's, like, Aquarius (laughs) and, like, this whole Aquarius energy around it. Uh Like, it's Uh more, when you take on something like that, I feel like 
you're holding more space than just for yourself also. And it's, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and making this has been really healing in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. Um, I don't think I can even like quantify, um, exactly how it's been so healing, but like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's incredible. And I have, I have a a stellium in Aquarius, not in Aquarius, in my fourth house, actually. Oh, this is lighting you up right now. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, there's the last few years have been a lot last year's eclipses um in leo and aquarius oh that was a lot yes were like yeah we're like on my one of them was like on my midheaven and i was like it was that's a lot oh it's a lot yeah it was a lot (laughs) so do you have a leo midheaven I do. I do too. It's so cool to see like somebody creating something in such a cool way. Ah, I love that. <laughs> and like allowing yourself to evolve in the way that you create is so mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big lesson that I'm learning. I think. Um, I, I I think that being being open to change, but also being cognizant that things do change and things will change. So like I was, you know, I was having a, by, by most people would probably say a successful writing career. Um, but it just wasn't like, I, it didn't feel good. Mm, eight of cups. You know? <laughs> yeah. It stopped feeling good. And so I stopped writing and then eventually all of this happened instead, you know, Oh, and and if you would have fought it, it would have just been, like, misery. Exactly, exactly. I think a lot of us, we get these ideas about, like, what we should do or um, about inertia. You know, like, well, I've already put so much work into this thing. And Mm -hmm. so that means that I must do this thing. Mm -hmm. That's that's not true. Yeah. That's not true. (laughs) And I feel like I have a problem where, like, it's like deciding, am I just uncomfortable because I, it's like too emotional where I don't, where I'm just uncomfortable and I want to step back or is it like ready for a change? Cause yeah. I like with that Scorpio energy, I have no problem like letting things die, Yeah. but like sitting in the Scorpio, you know, and, like, it's just, like, sitting in that death cycle and, like, allowing things to change and just being present. And it's, like, you don't know what it's going to change into. Exactly. And it's, like, this total mystery. But, like, look at what you're creating. It's so cool. Well, and the, I mean, for, like, on the one hand, Scorpio is very much, like, you know, being comfortable with change. But, I, and you know, probably because of my Pluto placement – in Scorpio on my ascendant, I, on the one hand, like when, when I embrace change, like, oh, I, I embrace it. Like, <laughs> and it happens and it happens fast. And I'm like, let's, let's do this. You know, um, I'm giving away all my stuff and quitting my job and moving across the country with no job lined up on the other end and nowhere to live. But this is great. Let's do it. Um, however, sometimes like, I like I think 
Pluto also gives me a lot of control issues yes. with its with its placement for me. So sometimes I feel the need to control all of the pieces of the change while the change is happening, which is a, a lot of the times impossible. I think it's and, that self-critical thing too, like controlling yourself. Mm-hmm. To it, and it's like a, not allowing yourself to be free to be like whoever you really are, but like trying to mold yourself into this person to be more accepted by like other people. But that's bullshit. And that's I th- that's a really I think that's a pretty common um, you know Scorpio rising or Scorpio yeah Scorpio rising trait to have mm-hmm. is to have like sort of worn many different masks and like sort of had several different evolutions in your own life. So many evolutions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like each, each time you move through them, like you're moving, I think closer and closer to like who you really are. Yes. Like the center of the mm -hmm. onion. (laughs) Cause you can get hard on yourself. Like, why did I do it? Like, I made that big change and it didn't even lead to like who I'm really supposed to be. I have to make this other big change. But like it's all cycles. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's so cool. It's so like reflective of a tarot deck. Like mm-hmm. it's not linear. Exactly. It is not linear. And that keeps coming up again and again. I just did a reading for a friend the other day, which was all, it was just like all lines and cycles and like spirals and circles. And like, it was, we have this linear, we, we, our brains like to think that everything is linear and that our lives are linear and that every step is like one step in the right, you know, in the next direction is progress, it's progress. Mm-hmm. And that moving backwards isn't progress. And that like everything is a constant moving forward and that is so it's I mean I think we know it's not true at all everything is cyclical um our lives our um energy levels our healing our everything is a cycle and like getting okay with that is is hard I think for a ton of people for me I mean it's still hard for me god damn it's still hard for me um but yeah time isn't linear we could go on and on and on (laughs) (laughs) yes how did you find tarot or how did tarot find you I so my first interaction with it was when I was in high school and um I like I was a secret like undercover witch Wiccan like I grew up in Birmingham Alabama um had to go to church every Sunday et cetera et cetera um but secretly being Scorpio rising (laughs) I was like always interested in everything having to do with like anything taboo having to do with magic with death with you know always been very intense um and like when I was in elementary school whenever I had to write a biography uh report I would convince my teachers to let me write it on either Joan of Arc or on the Salem witch trial yes even though the Salem witch trials is not a biography of one person but I would convince my teachers to let me do it so I think I wrote like three different 
biographies on each of those things or bi- biographical reports or whatever. When I was um, in middle school, I was like, they're like, pick a Greek god to write about. I was like, Hades. Yes. trying to read that but I you know I didn't really have access to um much of anything like if they didn't have it in the Barnes and Noble in the mall which is like the equivalent actually no we have Barnes and Nobles here it wasn't a Barnes and Nobles a books and company whatever same idea if they didn't have it in the bookstore in the mall then I didn't have access to it um and eventually I sort of I threw away my tarot deck actually I think that it went into a dumpster behind the mall along with all of my wicca books oh I did this like 10 times Mm -hmm. I was talking with somebody about it and they were like oh my god the drama you had (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I yeah I like I threw I threw all of it out and then I like became a, a like a hardcore atheist for a while like you know, calling other people sheep, sheeple, gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, that was not a, not a, not a fun few years, uh, while I was very, very cynical atheist, but, um, eventually, like, I started to come back into believing in anything, um, when I was in my late 20s, um, started reconnecting with paganism and with witchcraft and with ritual. And, um, and then tarot specifically came back into my life through Aaron. Who, I love that! Yeah, who gave me a tarot reading that, um, like, changed, like, I it was the catalyst that made me realize a lot of things that then changed my whole whole life like my whole trajectory um that's so beautiful yeah yeah and then after after that reading he gave me I was immediately like I need to get myself tarot deck like I need to I need to do this thing again (laughs) you know so what are some of your favorite tarot decks um, I love, I mean, I have a, like, long abiding love for Pamela Coleman Smith. Um, and so the Smith weight decks, I love, that's what I used to teach. Um, cause I think that her imagery, uh, is a lot is like, I think it's, I just think it's the best imagery to teach with, you know, the, all of the symbols and all of the meaning that she has infused into all of these images, um, just make it a really excellent place to start learning. Um, but since, um, like, I mean, Pamela Coleman Smith's deck, it's all white people, it's cis hetero, there's some issues. Not much representation there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so while I do, like, that's my primary touchstone for symbolism, um, I like, gosh, there's, what are some of the other ones that I love? Um, I read with Mini Queens Tarot by uh, Letty, Letty Jane Renicamp. Is that how you do her last name? Um, 
And this is my current favorite deck. It sounds your listeners, cool. Your listeners can't see this that I'm showing to you. But um, her images are a lot more um, like gender fluid, gender non-conforming. There's trans figures. I'm trying to pick like one good example here. Um, so that's my favorite right now. But there's also... God, if they ever make the slow hauler deck again, I'm gonna jump on that one for sure. Um, I can't find the card that I want to show you. Um, meh. It's okay. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, definitely Google it. Listeners should Google it too. Yeah, everyone should Google it. There's a. Oh yes, I've seen that. I love the ink designs too. That's beautiful. Ooh, and the I like the third eye on them. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think that his nipples look like eyes. Yes, uh-huh. it's like a pyramid of nipples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have. I've got so many deck crushes. I've got like a long, long list of tarot decks that I really, really want to have in my hands. But you know, money being what it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have to have to do it slowly what are some of your favorite books on tarot Mm, that one's an easy question for me my favorite book um of like all time right now is um 78 degrees of wisdom oh yes 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 i adore it it is dense um which is why i adore it it's detailed it's amazing um, it's probably a bit much for like, uh, like the beginner, unless you're a very intense beginner, you know, go for <laughs> it. But that's her, that book is an invaluable resource. Um, I also really love Holistic Tarot by Benabel Wynn. Um, that was a resource that when I found it really satisfied my need for people citing their goddamn sources. Like... <laughs> She puts so much research into this and, like, has extensive end notes for every single chapter. And that is something I appreciate. Yeah, that's so cool. Your Gemini moon is like, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I, am. I want my, my woo work to come with footnotes. Yes. <laughs> Because I went through when I was when I was returning to tarot, I went through a lot of tarot books that I did not resonate with. That also were not saying where they got any of their information from. Mm-hmm. You know, just like writing. You know, the authors are writing it as if like this is universal knowledge that this is what that symbol means and this is what that card means. And I'm like, but why? Mm-hmm. Like, tell me more. Um, and so both of those, Rachel Pollock is also incredibly well-researched. So 78 Degrees of Wisdom, Holistic Tarot. Um, for beginners, um, Mary Kay Greer's work is really good. The Tarot for Myself, Tarot for Yourself workbook um, is a really great place to start. Um, yeah, I, you know, I could go on. Those are my top three. Okay, top and three then what books. about just like favorite books in general? Oh my gosh, that is a question I cannot answer. There's no way I can answer that question. Like, top three. I just oh. love getting book recommendations from podcasts. I'm like, yeah, so my people. It changes so 
often like my my favorite books are constantly revolving um but (laughs) oh you had to ask me this question um i'm so i will say for like a fun recommendation a fun read has been the um uh, invisible library series by what is her name um it's a if you like fantasy or if you like sci-fi um this is a really fun series invisible library series i'm googling it um it is by genevieve cogman um and it's like these people um sorry there we go found the video again um there's like an interdimensional library involved and there's there's dragons and there's fae and it's i it i geek out so hard on it because um so much of it is also about the power of narrative it is a very meta kind of um, universe Ooh, that sounds so that fun. That Cogman has built. Yeah. I love yeah. getting lost in a book where it's <laughs> like you're just transported to this different world. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that just, I, I had so much fun getting immersed in, in that series. Um, uh, but I mean, of like all time, all time favorite authors, I think like Neil Gaiman, Kurt Vonnegut, um, like, yeah, probably, probably those two have been very influential. Okay, last question. Yeah. Poetry. Do you like it? Who's your favorite poet? Favorite book of poetry? I, yeah, I I love poetry. Um, I don't read nearly as much of it as I would like to. So, I mean, like, I love the sort of classic greats, Mary Oliver, of course, um, cannot go wrong with Mary Oliver. Um, also, like, I like me some good, like, Sharon Olds sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, let's see, I'll give, a, I'll give a shout out to uh, Coleman Stevenson, who is um, also a tarot uh, deck creator. Um, she's the dark exact, but she's also a fantastic poet. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like the intersection of both of these worlds that I love so well. Um, yeah. Check her out. I love that. Oh, okay. Well, I've taken up so much of your time and I know you need to go to work. (laughs) Yes. Thanks. Thanks. I did not even realize that it's almost one o'clock. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. much. Uh, I appreciate you so much. Everybody go check out their work. Check out this deck. Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, So you can find the deck at fifthspirittarot.com. You can find me on the web at thewordwitchtarot.com, which also has links, of course, to Fifth Spirit's site. Um, I'm on Instagram at the.word.witch, and that's where I'm most active. Um, and um, if you want to support me on Patreon, there's also links to, to that if you're on Patreon and, and do that. Um, so, and and yeah. your podcast. Oh, my, my podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
Um, and my podcast is called The Word Witch. Um, and you can find that on iTunes and on Spotify and a lot of other places. Um, there's also links to that on my website, thewordwitchtarot.com. Yeah. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much, Claire. You are amazing. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I like such an enjoyable conversation. Oh, thank real. you. <laughs> okay, well, good luck with the rest of your deck. Thanks. And have a fabulous rest of your day. You as well. Bye. <laughs> Bye. How creative do you feel after listening to that conversation with Claire? I know I did, and I want to go and create everything. I feel so inspired. And if you want to connect with Claire, find them at The Word Witch on Instagram. I cannot wait for their deck to come out so I can actually use it. Um, It sounds so amazing. And if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend who might also enjoy it. That would be super cool. And also, you can rate and review it. That would really help other people find the podcast. And that's it, guys. I hope that you enjoyed listening. I hope you're being kind to yourself with this series of eclipses. And go make something creative. Bye. Love ya. Mwah.